Hello and welcome back to the Undecidedly Ridiculous podcast, brought to you by Sin Media. It's the show where pettiness isn't only tolerated, but actively encouraged, and where the arguments don't matter, but the winners do. I'm your host, Meg Whitfield. And I'm Alex Linton. And today we are going to discuss cooking and satisfaction. It's a heated discussion we've had many times before, and it's time we settle it. Helping us out with this endeavour is guest and life role model, Jazz Mealy. Hello. Welcome to the show, Jazz. All right, Alex, why don't you explain the situation for us? All right, so this one came up a little while ago. I read this study. I can't remember where I read it, and I'm not sure if this is even true, but that's not what matters anymore. So the premise basically is that when you cook food, right, it will taste worse to you than it would if someone else had prepared the same meal and then given it to you, okay? And so our argument is... Our argument? Your argument? We've got very differing opinions here. (laughs) The premise of the argument is, if you were the best chef in the world, the undisputed top chef, the greatest, right? And you prepared a meal, and you ate the meal, and then the second best chef prepared a meal for you, and then gave you the meal and you ate the meal. Which meal is better to the top chef? And will the top chef think that they are the top chef? Ooh. It's a tricky one. (laughs) We have discussed it many a time. (laughs) It's time we actually have a winner so that we can, you know, stop lording it over each other's heads. (laughs) All right, Alex, so what are your arguments? What side are you fighting for? I am fighting for the chef doesn't think that he's the top chef, okay? There's no way if we accept, which we are, that food that... We accept the premise that food which you prepare tastes worse to you. There's no way that the top chef is ever going to think that he's the top chef. He simply won't believe anybody. He's going to think that everyone's just pumping him up and he's going to think that he's a fake. He's a fraud. That's what the sh- that's what the chef thinks in his in his heart, <laughs> in his soul. He thinks, I can't believe that everyone thinks I'm the greatest chef when I'm really not. Because when the when the top chef eats his own food, he thinks, damn, this this food's pretty good, but it's not it's, bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's nearly the best in the world. It's pretty close, <laughs> but it's not quite. It's that little bit worse to him. He's never going to think that he's as good as he actually is. And when he eats the food from the hypothetical second best chef in the world, he's going to think, that guy's food is incredible. He's going to think, that guy really knows how to cook. He's better than me. He's going to eat both meals, and he's going to think, that guy's better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and I have a couple of issues with your argument. And firstly, I think... Enjoying food and cooking, it's such a subjective experience. You can't just put it down to the simple skill because there is such a range of skills that you can have. I mean, people prefer different cuisines. They like different textures in their food, different flavours. And so you can't just simply make food that is better than other food. And also, I think we're not really looking at how much the flavour will be impacted by this phenomenon that supposedly happens. I mean, for all we know, it's going to be this minuscule change. And so if you are really the best chef in the world, you're going to be so much better than the other chefs that (laughs) the difference isn't going to actually impact your perception on your skill. So I just, I think it's naive to be like, you're never going to believe that you're the best. Because if you are unanimously the best, every single person is telling you, you're going to start believe it. You're not going to have, I mean... 
assuming their self-esteem's all right. <laughs> You're not going to be thinking, oh, my God, this is they're all lying to me. It's not true. This person is clearly better than me. I mean, what if the second best chef in the world cooks primarily seafood and you're allergic to shellfish. You're not even going to be able to try the food. So you're just not going to believe it. Like, how do you fight that argument, really? Well, I mean, that's that's not really the argument that I'm making, <laughs> Meg. What I'm saying here, okay, right, is if both of the chefs are commissioned by said third party, mm-hmm. a third party, to cook a dish, the same dish, all right, how about this? It's a competition to see who's going to win the contract for, like, the big party, who's going to be the chef for the big party, right? And so, and the, he brings them in and they says, both of you make me mini quiches, okay? Mm-hmm. I, want quiche. some, I want some mini quiches from both of you. Such a and difficult food to make, too. Yeah. <laughs> truly. I really mean, test only, them. Only the greatest can make mini quiches. Um, and so you come in, you both make the exact same mini quiche, the same recipe, you make it the same. Yours is slightly better because you are slightly better. Mm-hmm. You're the best. Mm-hmm. But you're going to eat the other guy's quiche and it's just going to be better. You're not going to... You're going to think, it's the same thing. Like, he's just made the same thing but better than me. <laughs> I think part of what you're saying is also when you're cooking, uh, the mystery is taken out of it. So when someone else prepares food, you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, what is this? How do they make it? What do they do? Whereas you're like, I know every step of this. It's so boring. So I guess where you're coming from, it definitely I can understand that point of view of being like, ooh, what? Exactly. Okay. It's the enigma. <laughs> All right. But you're not thinking about the satisfaction in cooking it yourself. If you know that you've just nailed this dish, you feel pretty good about yourself. If you know you are the best chef in the world and you have just put together this amazing mini quiche. I can't believe that was the example you went with. But you put that together, you're going to know that the technique's all there, the flavour's all there, and it's going to be the same as the second best chef. But you have that sense of achievement and pride in your work, and that's going to make it taste fantastic to you. Like, speaking from experience, whenever I make something at home and it turns out better than I thought or something, like, I feel so good about it. And I'll be like, everyone try this. Like, it's, it's going to be great. So yeah. I think you can't separate that experience with it, that's going to impact your overall perception of the dish, your satisfaction with how you did it. But (laughs) if you were a savant, if you were a chef prodigy, Mm -hmm. all you would notice was everything that was wrong with the dish. You would be tearing it down. You would know exactly what was wrong with it. You would know exactly what was missing, exactly what you messed up (laughs) and how you messed up. And you'd be like, Damn, that was trash. Okay, but... It... <laughs> trash. <laughs> okay, but if you can recognise the flaws in your own cooking, if your palate is that advanced, you're going to notice it in other people's food as well. Yeah. You are not going to be thinking that the second best chef's dish is perfect. You're going to see where they've, you know, over-whisked it or they've put too much pepper and it's just unbalanced. It's all about the balance and the flavour. Have you guys been watching MasterChef? That's all they talk about. The balance. The balance. And so you're not just going to be picking at your own food. You're going to be picking at every single food you eat. Mm. And you'll still know that your skill is the top. But the argument isn't that theirs is perfect. It's just that it's better than yours. And I just disagree. I (laughs) disagree that it's better. Yeah. And I guess what you were saying, Meg, when you make something and it's better than you expected, I've never experienced that personally. So when you were describing that, I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I either burn it, or it's too sweet, or it's too sour, or it's too weird. And I'm just like, this is a disappointment. 
Okay, I'm going to challenge you on that point <laughs> because when we were at your house a oh, few oh. weeks ago and you made those vegetarian sausage roll style things. Oh, that doesn't they were count. Go- okay, <laughs> no, I saw the pride on your face because we were all raving about it because it was delicious. You cooked a very nice dinner for us. And so, you know, it's not always burnt toast, just <laughs> 75% of the time. <laughs> but having said that, when I was eating it myself, I was like, this carrot is too coarse. I can see the carrot in this and it's supposed to be a vegetarian sausage roll. This is not working. So I have to admit, I did critique my own thing. But having said that, when you guys are like, oh, and I was like, oh, this old thing. <laughs> so I was like, there's no guarantee that if I had made that for you, you wouldn't be like, mm, I do it better. I know that I've had dishes, you know, you know, like when you get really used to how your mum cooks a particular dish or something, yep. and then you go to someone else's house and they're like, my mum makes the best carbonara, for example. And then you get there and you're like, no, no. it's not. It's not the best. And so that brings it back to that subjective point of mine. You can't pinpoint which one is the best. Mm. But what if you could? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you can't. And again, we don't know how much your perception of the flavours of the foods that you're cooking are actually impacted because this is a study that you can't remember where you found it from. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when you were talking about it, I do remember seeing a thing about um, children and a study where they got to prepare their meal um, that their parents prepare, like it's carrots mm-hmm. and celery yeah. and just like raw food. But the kids were doing such a horrible job, but when they were eating it, they were like, this is so good. It's the best I've ever had. So I do recall something, but maybe flip side of what you... This is why we invite Jazz. <laughs> She's so educated. She just brings all the skills to us. Um, actually, I was more also thinking like on a more deeper level. It's like human nature kind of thing where you're your own worst critic. But then also yeah. if you have hubris and you're like, I'm a god. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, okay. So my mum, my mum is a chef, mm-hmm. right? And she doesn't cook for me often, <laughs> which I think is understandable. I wouldn't cook for me. But um, every time that she does, maybe she'll bring something home from work or she might just suddenly be hit by an urge to bake some weekend or something. Mm. Every single time, she'll spring it over and say, Hey, Alex, I made this. I'm sorry, it's not very good. Oh, my God, my mum does that too. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Because real people are humble. And they don't think they're gods. And they, <laughs> they are going to be self-deprecating and they are going to think that their food is worse. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they think it's worse. They can see that there are flaws in their dish. That doesn't mean that they're going to assume that anyone else could cook it better than them. They might, they'll be like, look, it's not the perfect dish, but you'll never achieve perfection, so this is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe. But I just, I just can't... I just Going back to the best chef, right... Mm-hmm. I just don't see how... Okay, so if the skill between the skill difference between the best chef mm-hmm. and the second best chef is pretty small. Like, they're pretty yeah. close. But it's enough so that pretty much everyone can see that the best chef is the yeah. best chef, right? <laughs> I just can't see... Like, they're going to be so close that when he... When his food is deteriorating for him, mm-hmm. that's then going to bring it... That's going to bring it below the second best chef. And, like, if you're, you're, if you're eating it and you, like... Because if you're the best, if everyone tells you you're, best, you're the best chef, you're going to think, okay, well... Yeah, there's got to be some sort I've got of... A bit, I've got a point. bit of authority here. Like, I know about food, right? And you're going to go, oh, no, but this this guy, he's better. Like, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna think that you have enough authority to challenge everybody else mm-hmm. and say, no, well, this other guy's actually better than me. But why would you? Why would you go around <laughs> me like, you know what? 
I don't want that praise. There's someone better. Like, no one's going to do that, realistically. And again, so to summarise my arguments, essentially, right before you make your decision, Jazz. Oh, no. I think that, as we are speaking hypothetically, we have no evidence to back this up right now. I think that you are overstating how much difference there would be in the flavour of your food when you cook it versus if someone else were to make the same dish for you. What if it's only impacted by, like, 0.01%? Are you really thinking that the, the top chef in the world and the second best chef are that closely tied that it's going to impact it? And when you consider, again, the subjective nature of the enjoyment of food and the satisfaction you get from when you cook it yourself and you can't separate those two experiences necessarily. <laughs> well, <laughs> let the silence speak for itself yeah, when you well. make your decision, Jazz. Just think about, about that. Um, I mean, I just, I just feel like you keep drawing away from my hypothetical situation because, <laughs> okay, maybe in the real world your your argument is better, but we we're not living in the real world here. <laughs> this right? is the world of undecidedly this ridiculous is, where anything the, yeah. goes. This is the fake world, okay. <laughs> This is the world where the best chef and the second best chef might only be separated by 0.01%, and the made-up study that maybe exists and maybe doesn't and may not actually be accurate also can differentiate them and proves that the best chef really doesn't think he's the best chef. All right, Jess. Oh, no. Take it away. Who do you think had this strong <laughs> argument? You know, give us some feedback, critique um, us, challenge us, whatever you want. Uh, well, I guess from my point of view, like, I'm not a good chef. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even put myself in the chef category. Maybe, like, <laughs> meager cook. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess I can't put myself... Okay, no, I have to make a decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, be bold, be decisive, ruin a friendship, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. You're like, friendship, friendship, friendship. But ruin the right friendship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, flip side, the friendship that can bounce back. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess because I'm taking from my own personal lack of skills, I would have to go with Alex. <laughs> there you go. I'm oh. sorry, it's just, it's just for me personally, I always doubt every food thing I make, even mm-hmm. if it's like something I know I can do breakfast. Give me breakfast stuff, I got you. Anything else, I'll fail. And I know that, so I couldn't really ever believe that someone else would be like, I can do everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just my lucky She's skills. too humble. That's <laughs> the issue. <laughs> and you have to consider, right? So if... Why would, sh- like, chefs or cooks or people who are just good cooks, right? Mm. They still go out to restaurants and things to eat mm-hmm. pretty yeah. regularly. Arguably yeah. more regularly than people who can't cook. That's to just improve on That's their own true. skills. Or is it because, or is it because they enjoy the other people's food so much? They can enjoy other people's food without thinking, wow, that chef is better than me. <laughs> I guess also, like, they can also take away from, they're like, ooh, they did this, I'm going to do this now, and I'm going to improve on exactly. this. So, it could be either way. Ooh, I think I'm pulling her over to my side. Like, we had a verdict, but I just feel I'm like... I'm like, oh, actually... If we end it here... I think, I think we should. I think we should have it here. <laughs> All right. So to summarise, this has been Undecidedly Ridiculous, brought to you by Sin Media. I'm Meg Whitfield, and this week I was fighting that the world's best chef would still believe they're the world's best chef, even if the food that you make yourself is less enjoyable to you than if someone else had made it for you. And I'm Alex Linton, and I argued that... The world's best chef, unless he was a complete narcissist, would not believe that he was the best chef in the world and would instead believe that the second best chef in the world was the best chef in the world. 
right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you again, Jazz, for joining us this Thank week. You. And we will see you next time. <laughs>